You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, books editor, Hindustan Times, and today I have with me TM Krishna, who's written this book, Sebastian and Sons: A Brief History of Mridangam Makers. Well, you know, you're a musician. And uh, so, but why did you think of doing the Mridangam? Well, first of all, uh, the makers. I mean, the makers in India in general, the instrument makers are invisible. We don't speak about them. We don't speak about their community, their work, their life, their relationships. And they're completely hidden from the idea of art. Right. Mm. Um, so even when I engaged with, for example, social issues in the world of culture and art and wrote about it for years, I never thought of them. You never thought of them? I was cast blind. Uh, That's truth. And I was also blind to what happens behind the scenes, so to speak. You're saying that it's the reason we don't see the makers is because invariably they're of not upper caste. Well, not exactly that way. But many of the times you don't see them because the work they do is not not the work that you want to be seen associated with, especially the Murdangam. Because Murdangam involves... Um, getting skin from a slaughterhouse. It involves buffalo skin, goat skin, cow skin, and involves treating it, curing it, bringing it to a place where then it produces this produces this incredible music. And you want association with that beauty and and art and you know all these things. So invariably, you know, many times, uh, even without even thinking, not necessarily you know, purposely, but you want all that to remain. In fact, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to even see it. So even as a, I'm a Carnatic musician, I've done that all my life. I knew the Murdangam is made by the makers. I knew a few names, but I never bothered about understanding their lives, their history, or simply the magnificence of their workmanship, because it was not part of the beautiful things that we like to present and see. It's true of most things we do in life, right? And, um, this hit me one day when I was looking at my first book called Southern Music, in which I speak about, you know, the greatness of art and the complexity and the, and the, and, and the critique of it. And I speak about society and community and all that gender and everything. And I realized I had said not a word. In fact, in that whole book, the word really? instrument maker does not even appear. I say it myself. I wrote it. And it hit me hard. That's when I said... So at what point did it hit you? When I was looking at... You know, when you have a new editions, you're looking at little <laughs> changes you're trying to make. It was one of those moments. And I was looking at the book again, saying, you know, I want to change this. And I came to the chapter on caste, and there's a huge debate about it. And I said, where is the instrument maker? Where is the Murdanga maker in this? And he was nowhere. So I realized that... Um, an important realization, that you have to be constantly... You have to remind yourself of so many things you're blind about. And it may be through habit, it may be consciously, unconsciously. So it hit me. And when it hit me, I said, these are people I need to know about. And I just then started just speaking to them. Okay. 
But why the Mridangam? Why not some other instrument? Yeah, that's a good question. Many people have asked me that question. Right? <laughs> why not the Tanpura? Why not yeah, the Veena? Why Veena, not the Veena? You know, anything. It's a very good... I think there are two reasons for it. One is the fact that I knew from the beginning that it, it involved skin. Mm. And that complicates okay. the relationship even more. Mm. Secondly, you must remember, unlike a Tanpura or a Veena, when you buy it from a maker, after that, you rarely go back to the maker. There's no relationship. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, so yes. you buy a Tanpura, you chain the strings yourself most times. Hmm. Um, little bridge work you do. Unless there is something damaged or something, you don't take it back to a maker to help. Hmm. So there is no constant relationship. Now, the Mridangam or the Tabla or the Pakhavaj are very different. Hmm. Where the instrument needs constant care, the skin has to be changed. You know, the black spot has to be changed. So in there is a constant, intimate complicated relationship between the maker and the player mm. all through their respective lives. Okay. There's an interdependency which cannot be ever uh, given up. That makes this even more interesting as a story. As You know, how does this happen? These are two individuals who normally in life will not have any association. Maybe transactional. You go to a shop or something like that. But here there is both of them and there's a murdangam in between. And mm. the murdangam binds them. Right? You take the Mridangam out, those two people are not going to be seeing each other. That's true. That's a very, very intriguing complexity. Hmm. So how does it play out? What does it mean? And, you know, what, you know, the Mridangam player will say, I want this stone. And that's a very abstract idea. The Mridangam maker understands it. That's wisdom. Hmm. All this is fascinating. So there's a real relationship between the maker and the player. Of course there is. Throughout their lives. Of course maybe. there is. And it's complex. That's what this book also explores. That the fact is caste is a very important factor in that relationship. You can't deny it's unusual that um, a Dalit and a, a, and a Brahmin are for life bound with each other because the Mridangam binds them. Mm. Which means but they're both in very, very different cultural structures. There is hierarchy here. There's discrimination here. Uh, but there is a relationship. Um, so there is a complexity. What is that relationship? What is that? I mean, is it love? Is it affection? Is it feudal? Is it What is it? So it calls for a great, I think, a lot of nuance of how these negotiations happen. At the same time, also understanding the starkness of how lines are constantly drawn through social social markings, mm. which is caste, or it could be gender in another case. And in this case, for example, it's Sebastian and Sons. Yes. yes. It's not Seb Sebastian and Children, it's because yeah. it's completely a male-dominated profession, <laughs> right? Yeah. So all this comes to into play in this book. Okay. But you've also mentioned that there are some female Bridangam makers. Very Talk few. Talk about that. So I knew you'll get there first. But <laughs> So there are very few. Um, first, there are two women who don't make the Bridangam, okay. but are People who, who basically procure the skin, clean the skin, make it uh, suitable for the okay. Mridangam. That's, in fact, the, one of the toughest jobs. The two women. One is a woman, and her name is Madamar. She's semi-retired now. Her son does the job. And uh, she lives in a place called Ambur in Tamil Nadu. Ambur is famous for biryani. Okay. And the other one is a young girl, a young lady of 35. She lives in a village called Peravamba. In okay. Palakkad, okay. and that's a very fascinating village. It's the village where most, almost a village of many makers. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, and um, you have makers both of Chenda and of the oh. Mridangam. And she is one of the big suppliers of skin for these instruments across Kerala. Okay. And they were like pretty much the exceptions to what was I, I generally saw that women rarely uh, fully made the Mridangam. They participated in the work. Yeah. So here is. Uh, 
you know, machismo and chauvinism kicking in. <laughs> so you'll have all the makers saying this is very physical work. It's very hard to do, which is true. You know, women uh, implying that women cannot do it. But, you know, this black spot on the Murudangam that you see huh. comes out of a mixture of a stone, which is powdered hmm. and boiled rice. Okay. Guess who powders that stone? Oh, the I women see. of the house. Oh. And it's darn hard to powder that stone. Yeah, I mean, I it's like banging. When, when you are mentioning the stone, the yeah. stone piece, I was thinking, what stone is it? Yeah, it's so like there granite is this, and you know No, this is like a very it. high ferrous content stone. Oh. Uh, it's probably, I mean, I, with my, I did some research. It probably came from magma coming from, so it's volcanic. In volcanic, some okay. And it's very hard. And that physical work is done by the women. <laughs> but then we are always told that it's very hard for women to do. You know, it's physically hard <laughs> as standard stereotyping. Mm. So you have that happening. So these two women do the skin work. And I think that is one of the reasons why women did not participate. Okay. Because it means go to the abattoir. Oh, uh, I see. You know, so okay. possibly that was one of the things. And, but these two women supplied. There was one lady from a Brahmin family huh. in Bangalore who makes the Murdagam. Oh, I see. So she does the job of putting it together. Now she's very old. Her son does it. Her husband was doing it. Oh. Again, uh, very unusual for a Brahmin to uh, do it. There are very few Brahmins who have ever done this job. So, he, you know, their story is a very different story. So you get that story also, you know, how, how being actually considered outcast in their family because they did skin-related mm. job and their own um, struggles with that and their own societal issues. That was also there in the book. And you have this lady who made the Murdagam. So... She would not, the, the skin would come treated and, and in position and then she would bind it and do what okay. other makers were doing. Okay. So these three are probably the only three women I found who do very serious skin related work or mridangam making work. The other women in the family help with stone crushing, drying of the skin at home, things like that. Okay. And when you describe it, you know, in the first chapter about, you know, binding it, I never thought that it was like so complicated and yeah. you know, and that, that uh, a diagram... I, I, you know, you just think of the Mridangam, okay, the Mridangam is there, somebody's playing it and yeah. it sounds great. But all these things you brought that so up. That's a very important part of the book of uh, respect for knowledge. So how are knowledge systems created? You know, this is one of the things we all need to think about, right? So you never think of, for example, Mridangam making as a knowledge system, mm. you know. Mm. It's just taken as something that's put together. Yeah, it's difficult to do, I know. I know it's beautiful, yeah. But those are very trivial words, mm. you know. But you'll never say that about a Mridangam player's playing or a tabla player. Say, oh, so exquisite, how much effort went into this? How many hours of sadhana they did? <laughs> you know, yeah. he's naturally said. Yeah. Do we ever look at a Mridangam maker and say how many hours of sadhana he did? You never do. Yeah. But doesn't that say something about us? Yeah, but how we build these systems. So a very important part of the book is the entire making process. In fact, in the book, you go through the entire making process. And that was deliberately put in there. Because I felt that the discourse on, on you know, knowledge systems, on the fact that these people know what stone to pick, if there are 15 kinds of stone on the floor. And what sort of jackfruit, like you they said. Know. What I mean, sort the, of jackfruit the, you know, if, I mean, the wood, for example, jackfruit is wood. generally jackfruit. Uh, it's generally but, jackfruit. Yeah, they all other... believe that they've tried other things too. But they all believe the best is jackfruit. But they will tell you which part of the tree. There are specific measurements that are kept in mind. Slope, diameter in the center, thickness of the wood. Everything is very specific. Okay, nothing is accidental. And when they put the layers, when the maker then takes that shell, the shell comes from a, uh, another place called Panruti, Panruti. And the community that does the shell is a different community. They buy the shell from them, bring it back. They then get cow skin, goat skin, buffalo skin. The way they place it. How do you choose which goat skin goes to with which cow skin? They touch it and they know it. 
My goodness, it's like really complex. Oh, it's a, a and the way they braid it, there's a system of braiding. How much they pull, how much should you yank it? What is the tension you must have? And, and you remember that for the Murdangam player. When the player gets on stage, entire circumference has to be in pitch. Even mm. one can't be off pitch. How do you make sure? How do you make sure there's no imbalance? And most importantly, Murdangam making for professionals is individualistic. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.